Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, the weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Neil Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, we're going to be talking about contemporary poet Shen Shen. Born in Shaman, China on March 9, 1989, Shen's family moved when he was three years old to Amherst and later Newton, Massachusetts, where he spent the remainder of his adolescence. A sense of place permeates much of Chen's writing. From Boston to Fort Worth to New York City, Syracuse, and Paris, Shen writes about the tempos, weathers, and experiences, and people that populate the places he's lived and traveled. Growing up, Shen says that he's always wanted to be a writer, even in second grade. He remembers writing all kinds of things for fun, from song lyrics to diary entries to fan fiction. He even wanted to be a TV writer for a long time in middle and high school, inspired by his favorite shows such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Gilmore Girls, and Elias. Shin says that he has always loved character-driven stories and bewildering worlds because he was able to immerse himself in worlds beyond his own experience. On the other hand, Shen's poetry is deeply rooted in his own experiences as a queer Asian American immigrant. In reflecting on why he writes about these themes, Chen says that his life has been shaped by the homophobia, racism, and classism that he's faced, and that writing is how he shows his resistance to those forms of oppression. It seems inevitable that the political would have a clear and abiding presence in what I create, he shared in an interview with Mud Season Review. One concept that Shin has found fascinating to explore in his writing is the way that narratives are inherited, distorted, and viewed differently by different people. For example, Shin writes about his parents' differing accounts of their immigration stories. He also writes in a variety of ways about his coming out experience, so as to complicate the experience through a multiplicity of interactions, which he says gives it a liberating complexity. He doesn't feel tied down to writing things with exact detail. Instead, he finds himself drawn to the processes by which people remember events, the way that present circumstances can reshape memory. Shen is thrilled that so many of his fans find his work relatable, especially because he feels that he's really writing for a queer Asian American audience, but he is also conscious that his work only speaks for his own story. So he doesn't want to attempt to universalize or represent others in his writing. Shen came out to his parents when he was 13 years old and had a lot of difficulty navigating his relationship with his family surrounding his sexuality. He writes frequently about these difficult experiences. For example, his poem, Little Song, details a visit to a gay club in Shanghai. While his parents would tell him that Chinese people weren't gay and that his sexuality must be conditioned in America, seeing so many queer Chinese people was a really validating experience for Shen. 
He felt then that his identities were no longer in conflict. Even now, he continues to write about the relationship he has with his parents, not just in the past, but of the relationship he hopes to have with them now as an adult. Shen says that he tries to write sensitively about his family, though he doesn't ask them for permission to write about them. He hopes to portray them as complicated and strong figures with their own competing identities as Chinese Americans. He recognizes that there is a parallel trauma faced by immigrant parents of a queer child who flees their home. The same story of loss and leaving echoes from their own immigrant narrative. I really appreciate the way that Shen views his parents' you know, ideas and their negativity on his queerness. Um, because a lot of it does have to do with a lot of trauma and I like the way, you know, that he's come to terms with that and didn't really take it too personal. I think I also had to learn how to do that when I was navigating my relationship with my dad. I think a lot of times I took a lot of his hurt, his pain personal, when in reality a lot of it had to do with trauma, had to do with a lot of things and I think we've gotten to the point where it's easier for us to communicate our feelings. I think we sometimes still have our days, but we've gotten a lot better um, because I feel like slowly but surely we are starting to understand each other. Um, so I really appreciate how he really internalized, you know, his parents and their thoughts. After attending Newton North High School, Shen went on to receive his BA in Creative Writing and Asian Pacific American Studies at Hampshire College. In his third year of undergrad, Shen took a workshop with Martin Espanda at University Massachusetts Amherst, which convinced him to focus even more on poetry because he felt so comfortable in the course talking about things that were so personal to him. He went on to receive his MFA from Syracuse University and his PhD in English and Creative Writing from Texas Tech University. Shen has noted that the one thing that's followed him from high school all the way to grad school and beyond is his experience as a minority in a predominantly white academic setting. He says that he often sees white classmates getting upset when issues of racism are openly confronted, getting uncomfortable when he discusses Asian American writers that they haven't heard of, and the prevailing expectation that he should automatically be studying and valuing the work of right writers. He also feels that in his childhood, he felt that his beauty standards and values were shaped by his majority white community and his parents' desire for him to assimilate. Shen lists some of his fellow writers as some of his best friends and most important mentors, including Sam Herschel Wren, Mag Gabbert, Jess Smith, and his dissertation chair, Curtis Buer, and Jericho Brown. Some of his other poetic influences include Allen Ginsberg, Nikki Finley, Natalie Diaz, Henry Cole, Raphael Campo, Audrey Lord, Frank O'Hara, Richard Syke, Walt Whitman, Denez Smith, and Franny Choi. Shen says that he's also inspired by a range of musical genres, from Bjork to the Kinks to Beyonce and visual artists including Carrie Marie Weems, Paul Klee, and Anne Hamilton. 
While earlier in his career, Shen tried to emulate the sparse language of poets he admired, like Louise Gluck and Lucille Clifton, he realized that his work was better served by a sort of expansiveness and excess, so he now writes using longer lines and lots of detail. However, he does like to challenge himself by using more controlled forms like sonnets to try to squeeze and waggle his maximalist style into a more confined structure. In terms of his writing process, Shen says that revision is one of the most important parts of the process because he only wants to send something out that he's completely satisfied with. He said jokingly, when I'm in revision mode, my whole world is in revision mode. I go to the grocery store and every avocado is taunting me about that one line or image I can't get right. I literally can't relate to that more. Um, especially when I would write poems for the Get Lit Classic Slam. I think my mind was always on poetry mode. I'm in the shower and all I'm thinking about is poems. I would also like listen to artists that I feel like have really cool poetic styles. Someone I think has a beautiful poetic style is Kendrick Lamar. I really love the way that he writes and I feel like listening to Kendrick Lamar, especially his album Good Kid Mad City, um, really puts me in like a writing mode that I like and love, especially when I'm choosing to write poems about the way I've processed, you know, being black, being a black woman and, you know, black pain. I feel like it's, that album in general really helps me in my writing mode, so I can totally relate to that and I think a lot of poets can as well. Shen is the author of the collections, When I Grow Up, I Want to Be a List of Further Possibilities, published in 2017, and Your Emergency Contact Has Experienced an Emergency, forthcoming in 2022. His second book explores some of the same subjects as his first, family, chosen family, immigration, sexuality, but from an adult perspective. He described it as a sadder and angrier book, but also a funnier one when he attributes to the fact that it was written in a Trump era which heightened his emotional state all around. Shen has also written the chapbook Set the Garden on Fire, published in 2015, Kissing the Sphinx, published in 2016, You Must Use the Word Smoothie, published in 2019, and Gesundheit, published in 2019, which he co-wrote with his friend Sam Herschel Wren. In part about their queer friendship and how they became a part of each other's chosen family. Love that. Shen's work has appeared in publications such as Poetry, The New York Times Magazine, The Massachusetts Review, Poem A Day, The Best American Poetry 2015 and 2019, The Best American Non-Required Reading, Best of the Net, and Bettering American Poetry. His first collection was long listed for the National Book Award. He has received a Pushcart Prize and an A. Poland Jr. Poetry Prize, the GLCA New Writers Award, the Texas Book Award for Poetry, and the Tom Gunn Award for Gay Poetry. 
He is the recipient of fellowships and scholarships from the National Endowment for the Arts, Condiment, Lambda Review, the Sultan Stahl Foundation, Sundress Academy for the Arts, and Tent Creative Writing. He was also a finalist for the Ruth Lilly and Dorothy Sargent Rosenberg Poetry Fellowship. Shen has worked as an editor for Salt Hill, Iron House Literary Review, and Gabby Journal, and he is the co-founder of the journal Unblog. He currently teaches creative writing at Bramdus University as the Jacob Zinkine Poetry in Residence and lives in Wadham with his partner Jeff Gilbert and their pug Rupert Gills. Chen's advice to young poets and to young queer people is similar. You are valid. There is nothing wrong with you. No one gets to define you but you. But to young writers, he ends his advice saying, don't listen to any advice, including mine, that doesn't sit right with you. So, today I'm going to share with you one of Shen's poems entitled Self-Portrait as a Wild Extrovert. It is a meditation on a expansive life of community, love, and self-care. So here's Shen Shen's poem entitled Self-Portrait as a Wild Extrovert. I have 600 dear friends. I hug each of them daily. I never need a mint, but I'm always ready to offer one or 600. I love and I know a lot about biking slash baking. I love and know a lot about Celine Dion. Thanks to my mom who is, if I absolutely had to pick one, but who am I kidding? Of course, she's my best friend. Once every five years, I might feel a smidge of sadness. And when I do, I just sit down, maintaining impeccable, approachable posture and breathe. I breathe like the very well-organized, very wall-less ad agency I've run since birth. I breathe like breathing is my oldest dear friend named Daphne. Daphne whom I still call every night before bed to say, you are an incandescent multiverse. Don't you forget it. And that never fails to do the trick. I love this poem. I love how conversational it is. I especially love the part with his mom and it's like, who am I getting? This is my best friend, of course, of course, like, she's my best friend. Um, that felt very much like me. I'm like, hmm, who's my best friend? Yeah, my mom. Let me, let me, let me not even, it's not even a question to think about. Like, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing to think about. She's my best friend. Um, she's number one. That's my number one homie. Um, I love <laughs> when Shen said, I never need a mint, but I'm always ready. You always have to be ready regardless i'm always that one friend that's like always ready and prepared for whatever you need oh you're feeling sad i got you i know exactly what to do to make you happy whatever you need i'm there i have it um and i also loved the part with daphne um it made me think of my really close friend who I always FaceTime and I feel like we have our moments. It, 
they're like one of those friends where you know you may not talk to them for like a while but then when you talk it's like you guys have been talking every single day and it's like a moment hasn't passed between you guys i have a friend just like that and that just reminded me of daphne and i'm so proud of that friend they have done amazing things and i'm always excited to know what new projects they're doing and what new things they're doing they're always asking me too and we're just like always supporting each other and that's my bestie i have my own little daphne thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things shen shen make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members and i will see you guys next week bye Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price alongside me, Nia Lewis. Our production coordinator is Sophia Denunzio. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you then.